day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined. Stick around for a conversation about food access during the pandemic. We're going to talk about attempts and failures to connect surplus food from farms around the country to food banks and families that are really struggling and in need. But first, the number of people in Michigan hospitalized by COVID-19 has dropped 32 percent over the last two weeks. As those numbers begin to come down, of course, Governor Gretchen Whitmer is starting to take the first steps toward easing restrictions on individuals and on businesses. Her latest extension of the stay-at-home order lifted restrictions on things like boating and landscaping and golf. But Michigan still has terribly high numbers of cases and deaths in the country. So is now the right time to start opening up the economy? That's where we begin the conversation. And joining us to talk about that is the governor of the state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. Governor, welcome back to Detroit Today. Glad to be with you, Stephen. So let's start with uh, that data that says we've seen a 32% drop in hospitalizations for COVID-19 in the last two weeks. How significant is that? And does that mean there is light at the end of the tunnel for at least this wave of COVID-19? Well, it is significant. And I think that it shows that the vast majority of people in our state have taken this very seriously and done the right things. Uh, you know, we had... Uh, an upward trajectory that at one point was predicting we would have about 220,000 people by yesterday who would need to be hospitalized. And yesterday we had 3,000 people in the hospital. So it's a dramatic difference that this stay home order and the actions that the people of our state have taken have contributed to saving lives. We'll never know precisely how many, but we do know that it has worked and that when you see that curve flatten that much, uh, you've got to recognize that everyone played a part in, or the vast majority of people played a part in making making that happen. And so it's not come without a cost. It's been hard. Um, we know that it's taken a toll on, on our economy, on our livelihoods, on our businesses, on our mental health. But we also know that the worst toll that's been taken is the fact that over 3,400 Michiganders have lost the battle with COVID-19. And um, we're all going to need to be very supportive of one another as we navigate next steps and try to keep people safe and avoid a second wave at all costs. Mm. So uh, give us a sense of what your public health advisors, who are the people who I feel like have had the most influence over the process here, what are they saying about this timing? In other words, is it safe to reopen the economy, to start people interacting a little more than they were? Or are we taking a risk by, by doing that and, and maybe facing yet another, another big wave of, of all of this? Well, COVID-19 is not gone. You know, COVID-19 is probably going to be a part of our lives for the foreseeable future. If you listen to any epidemiologist, you listen to Dr. Dr. J, or you listen to uh, Dr. Brooks and Fauci at the federal level, COVID-19 is, is not gone, and that's why it's going to be important that we all continue to observe best practices to keep ourselves and our families and our coworkers safe. As we look to re-engage sectors of our economy, we are scoring them for risk, and this is a process by which we've got the University of Michigan and our, our public health experts uh, scoring every uh, individual sector of our economy for risk. 
and then also scoring it after protocols are adopted. We want to mitigate the risk of a COVID-19 spike in the future. And so by slowly reengaging sectors of our economy with the lowest risk first, measuring it, continuing our testing and our tracing and uh, along the ways and seeing if if that if we do that successfully, then contemplating the next wave of reengagement. Sometimes we will see perhaps a spike happen or a, a, I don't want to say a spike, an increase happen where we've got to dial back a little bit. We're going to have to be nimble here. There's not a there's not a handbook that's been written that we know we can do this by a certain date and then this by a certain date. We're going to have to continually measure and re-engage where we feel like it's prudent to do so. And it's going to be a process, but we're going to try to make sure we are are mindful of the need to keep people safe. And um, I, I feel like we've got a great group of people that are giving the counsel. And as I make decisions, I'm, I'm always looking to getting the data, having a rigorous process so that we can um, try to mitigate risk. So, so some of the legislative leadership still seems frustrated with the pace, I guess, of the way that, that you're doing this and some of the decisions that you're making. I wonder if you can draw some distinctions between your efforts to reopen discrete parts of the economy and what legislative leaders are saying they want to do. So, you know, we've got a Speaker of the House who's from Levering, Michigan. Levering is up um, at the, the top of the Lower Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful part of our state. They've not had the same experience as Southeast Michigan in terms of the number of COVID-19 cases and the inundated hospital systems and the loss of life. And so the experience has been very different. And I think the desire to re-engage is uh, more robust because that experience has been very different. But what we do know is that COVID-19 is cropping up in rural parts of our state right now with hospital systems that don't have the kind of robust presence the ones in Southeast Michigan do. And so that's a part of the calculation. You know, geography does matter and it will have an impact on when we can safely re-engage perhaps certain sectors of our economy. But just because the, the, total number of cases is quite a bit lower doesn't mean that that hospital system is in a much stronger position if if we do have an increase of COVID-19 in the area. And so that's one aspect. And I think that um, the level of analysis that we have done, uh, region comes into play, but it's not the only consideration. And I think it's important that that we acknowledge that there are a lot of different aspects. And I'm sharing information with the legislature. I think that um, the, the more that they can delve into and see the incredible amount of work that is driving the process that, that will inform the decisions I'm making, that they'll have a greater um, comfort that we're really thinking this through. And, and that I'm eager, as well as anyone, to, to re-engage. But we've just got to make sure we do it in the in the way that mitigates risk as well as we possibly can. Because a second wave, like I said, would mean a lot more lives lost. Mm-hmm. It would mean a lot more stress on our healthcare system. And it would be it would be a, a much harder hit to our economy if we don't get this right. So how close are we to the idea of rolling out a comprehensive testing, tracking and contact tracing 
that would probably be needed to go further, I would imagine, with, with these reopenings. Is that system coming online? There are a lot of things that I feel like we need for that that don't seem to be in plentiful supply right now. Yeah, so, you know, we have doubled our testing in the course of the last week. I think that we are in line to perhaps double it again by next week, assuming that we've got the swabs and reagents that we need. And that's been something that has, um, I think, held every state back from from doing as much as we're capable of. I feel that, you know, it's my understanding that we are going to have the supplies we need to continue doubling and so um, that's really important. The contact tracing is as well. We have got volunteers across the state, uh, over 2,000 volunteers that have, are signed up, and some, many of whom have already gone through the training to do that. Um, we are continually trying to grow that side of the ledger and build the apparatus so that we are able to share information in a um, very transparent and quick manner. And so all of these, um, as, as we've built these up, are going to be very important to our, um, you know, prospects of keeping people safe and, and having information to isolate where we do see COVID-19 cropping up. That's how we, how we manage the risk going forward until there is a vaccine or a cure. Okay, quickly, before I let you go, you were... Featured on Saturday Night Live over the weekend, and it seems that the thing that everybody remembers about that skit is that the actress was holding up a Labatt as opposed to a <laughs> Michigan beer. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> it was, I think, you know, to some, we're so far north that they um, <laughs> conflate us with Canada. And, and there's no shade on Labatts. I know people have been uh, defending Labatts, but, you know, if they were... A little more accurate, it probably would have been a Michigan craft beer. It should have been a Detroit beer, of course. Right. A, uh, Atwater or Batch or one of those uh, one of those brands. Uh, or even a Werner. Yeah, right. Or Werner's. That's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> right. All right. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Stephen. Take care. Up next, we're going to have a conversation about changing food systems amid the pandemic. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.